You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. Off and on this year, we've been talking about this text called Buddha Nature. I think we've talked about it four times so far. And I go back to it because it keeps being interesting to me. It surprises me. So today I went back and I thought, oh, maybe there's something there. And what I found was a story. It's a good story. So tonight I'm going to tell you this story, and I don't know how much I have to add to it, but maybe it doesn't need very much from me. The fifth ancestor, the Chan Master Daman, was from Huangmei in Qizhou. The, the fifth ancestor would be the fifth uh, descendant of Bodhidharma. So Bodhidharma gets to be number one in the Zen line. And then we have Huiko and da da da, da and then we get to this. And then uh, the sixth ancestor is a big deal. And then we, it goes on and on. So this is a story about starting with the fifth. He was born without a father, gained the way as a child, saying he had some dharmic instinct as a child, and then was a practitioner who grew pines. He was growing pines on Shishan in Qizhou when he first encountered the fourth ancestor on a visit there. The fourth ancestor addressed the practitioner, who was now an old man, and said, I want to transmit the Dharma to you, but your years are already full. If you wait till you come again, I will delay it for you. And the man agreed. Thereafter, he was born by a woman of the Zhou family. He died. And he was born again. He was thrown into a dirty waterway, but was protected from harm by a spirit for seven days. He was then taken in and raised. As a boy of seven, he met the fourth ancestor, the Chan master Dai Yi, on the road in Huangmei. The ancestor saw that, although a child, the master's build was remarkably fine, different from that of an ordinary child. Seeing this, the ancestor asked, What's your name? The master answered, I have a name, but it's not an ordinary name. The ancestor said, What is this name? The master answered, It's the Buddha nature. The ancestor replied, you have no Buddha nature. And the master replied, it's because the Buddha nature is empty that you say I have none. The ancestor, recognizing that he was a vessel of the Dharma, made him his attendant. And later he transmitted the treasury of the eye of the true Dharma. This is a very good story. 
So this guy, mm-hmm. he's a practitioner of Zen, but he's, he's without a teacher. He's one of these people who just, he just gets it. He soaks it up. And he works in the mountains. He's a complete unknown. And he runs into this teacher. And the teacher recognizes him immediately for who he is and says, I would love to transmit the Dharma to you, but I can't. You're much too old. This is really interesting. There's a responsibility in transmitting the Dharma, right? It has to be able to go somewhere. So if he transmits to this person, there might, it might stop. <laughs> he says, but tell you what, I'll wait for you if you can come back. <laughs> and supposedly the man agrees and he passes away. And he's, he's born again, and there, I love this, all this kind of mythological stuff that goes with this. He was thrown into a dirty waterway. That is to say, he was born and he was disposed of. Whoever had him didn't want him. Right? Which speaks, at the very least, of poverty and more. He's completely rejected by his mother and his father, and left for dead. But in this story, and I've actually, this is the only place I've heard this particular version of this, but he was protected for seven days, somehow. And they saw this. They returned to the scene of the crime. I don't know why, but they went back. And they found that he was still this little crying baby. And so they said, okay. I'm not sure of the thought process here, but they said, okay, we'll, we'll raise this kid. Something is up. So they brought him back in. And when he's seven years old, he's walking down the road, and he encounters this same teacher, the teacher who met him when he was an old man. We don't know in this story if he recognizes the teacher. And we know that the teacher doesn't exactly recognize him. Though we also know that teacher's probably really on the lookout for seven-year-old boys. He made a deal. And he sees this boy, and this boy looks kind of extraordinary. There's something special about this boy. And he says, what is your name? I don't know what he expects here. I suppose, I suppose he hopes that he'll say that he's the name he used to be. That would make it easy. And the boy says, I have a name, but it's not an ordinary name. And the teacher says, okay, well, what, what is it? What's your name? And he says, it's Buddha nature. I think I've said this before in a number of ways, but that's a really honest answer. It's really good. And it subverts the whole thing. 
The teacher, even this teacher, even this person who is the fourth ancestor is looking for an easy, he's looking for an easy story, right? He's hoping this boy will say, oh, it's you. I remember you, right? And then everything is in a straight line. He's asking for a business card. And this boy is saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I am something, but I'm not what you're asking me to be. So what is your name? It's Buddha nature. And the master says, the, 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 the teacher says, this is, this is the great turning moment. He looks at this kid, this seven-year-old kid. He knows something is up, by the way. When a seven-year-old is talking to you about Buddha nature, you listen up. And he says, you have no Buddha nature. And the boy looks at him and says, yeah, of course not. To say that I have Buddha nature is like saying that water has water. It's the wrong verb. I am it. <laughs> it is everything. So you're not going to get me to defend this point. I said, no, I have it. If he had said, yes, I do. No, I do have Buddha nature. The teacher would have kept walking. He was a precocious kid. But instead, the boy says, yeah, I know. <laughs> he says, it's because Buddha nature is empty that you say I don't have any. And the teacher recognizes, not necessarily that this is the same man he knew, but he recognizes that this boy is someone he should pay attention to. And so he brings this boy in and makes him his attendant. And he becomes a student of the teacher. And eventually, he becomes the fifth ancestor, Dongshan, whose student, Hui Neng, becomes really the, the defining person of the whole tradition. It all comes down to this exchange. This is where they meet, not just where they meet in the sense of meeting at the party and shaking hands, but where they meet. They see each other, and what they see is that they're the same. The teacher meets him on the road and says, distinguish yourself. Make yourself separate from me. Go. And the boy says, no. I won't. He does the thing that is absolute, the most counterintuitive thing you can do. He says, I will not define myself. I will not separate myself. I will not give you a story. The only thing I will assert is my context. 
and my context is Buddha nature. And as we've seen in this text over and over and over again, Buddha nature just means the whole thing. I love this story in part because it's, it's very sweet. I think I, I feel this anticipation on the part of the teacher when he sees this boy. There's always that in this story, these stories. People want it to go well. <laughs> and they test the waters and sometimes it, sometimes it does. But I also love that that there's this moment, this opportunity of someone saying with real hope, with real faith, what is your name? We're asked it all the time. In a thousand different ways, we are asked to define ourselves. We are asked to say, I'm this. And 999 times out of 1,000, we do it in the way that makes the other person most comfortable. It's exactly like when people say, how are you doing? And, and everyone says, oh, not bad. <laughs> I was told when I moved to Nova Scotia, you have to say, not bad. <laughs> I've listened to this, pretty true. It has nothing to do with how you feel. How are you? Not bad. Then everybody feels good. The exchange happened, right? We traded business cards. But every once in a while, someone can surprise you. And when they do, things open up. It's hard to be the one who does it. I, uh, I had a friend who used to be into astrology, and he told me once that the way that you find out a Scorpio, <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but, but Scorpios laugh at this, that, that if you ask a Scorpio, what's your sign? And the Scorpio says, what do you think it is? <laughs> That's a Scorpio. <laughs> There's something there. In the same way, when someone says, what's your name? And you don't quite give it to them. You don't make it so easy. Not to challenge, but because in that moment you decide to be more honest than simply saying, oh, my name is Kohun. Mm -hmm. You withhold one piece of information in order to offer a greater one. It's a remarkable thing to do, and it requires this kind of mutual trust. You won't do that with just anybody. But sometimes you recognize someone, or someone recognizes you. You feel that. I hope you feel that.
and you're able to offer something different. I've had different names in my life. And so this resonates with me particularly because I have felt that experience of not knowing what to say when someone says, what's your name? And I realize, oh, I'm not sure. Who am I talking to? What name will I give to this person? In that moment, you see how how tied it is to a narrative and how the answer provided, again, is always for the comfort of the other person. (laughs) You can ask yourself, Ask yourself when you go home tonight, ask yourself tomorrow morning when you get up and you brush your teeth and you look in the mirror, really look at yourself and ask yourself, what's your name? Giving your name offers no comfort. Not then. So there's something else. Spend time with that. I'll stop there today. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.